The National Indigenous News is taking a break over summer programming and will be back on the 19th of January 2023. In the meantime, Raphael the Brologist Caleb, host of The Boldness, is hosting a summer series on arts and creativity. Keep listening to 3CR 8.55am. Good afternoon and welcome to this special of The Boldness on 3CR 8.55am. My name is The Barologist. In this series we are exploring the theme of creativity and entertainment, talking with various artists about their arts disciplines and I am very pleased to introduce Mr Leon Conway. Welcome to the Boldness, Leon. Oh, thank you very much, Raph. It's wonderful to be here with you. It's great to be with having, catching up with you on radio. Now, Leon, you're a musician extraordinaire. You play the accordion, there's vocals, and you were the third place getter in the Busking Kilmore competition. Tell us about your experiences. Well, I started busking probably about seven years ago. I had been playing music with other people in in other groups, and that was great. But I felt like I wanted to do something specifically for myself, or by myself even. And I uh, took myself off to off to Melbourne, uh, got myself a busking license from the council, and tried my tried my hand at it. And I learnt just on that first day. I learnt so much about my nerves, about watching people, and about what I might be able to do as time went on. Now, Leon, which council did you first apply for your busking licence? It was uh, Melbourne City Council, and I just uh, had a look online on, uh, on how to do it and took myself off to the town hall, and everybody there was really, really wonderful. It was only a few minutes, and there I had my little... My little license to 
make a racket. Okay, well, is that one of the unique things that you actually have as part of your performance, Leon? You keep things right in perspective and are. Listeners, I have seen Mr. Leon Conway busking. Very, very nice guy, extremely modest. And there's got a very, very Australian sound about him. Tell us about some of the types of music you play. I really love old Australian bush music and my mum and dad used to love listening to those records and as a tiny, tiny tacker, five years old, six years old, we'd go to the Nariel Folk Festival up in the hills of the northeast of Victoria and I was too young to sort of understand the bands and that and really understand the music, but I think it poured into me. Yep, now the first time I heard Mr Leon Conway play music was at a open mic at the Lyrebird Lounge where some very incredibly talented people have gone through the doors and Leon Conway is one of those people. The first time I heard your music, Leon, I could just picture myself kicking back in a pub on a Sunday afternoon and it would be a country pub somewhere. There'd be an open fire and hearing your tunes come through. It reminded me very much of the 1850s around the gold fields. There's a lot of historical significance to your songs. They're like ballads. What do you think? That... Australian bush music really did, that particular genre really did start around the Goldfields time, around the 1850, and developed over time, and it really hit its peak, perhaps, at around 1880, and then through the, uh, to 1900, it sort of perhaps matured and stagnated and didn't go any further. There was all new types of music coming through. So there might be like a 50-year period where that particular style of music was very popular in, yeah, around the gold areas or the, the newly settled European areas, really, or the areas settled by Europeans. Well, Leon, let's take people through a little bit of the journey of what sets your music when you're busking apart from other people? Well, I don't think there's too many people playing and singing those old songs. There are some folk clubs and there are certain sort of pockets of people who who know those old songs, know the genre and know the canon because there's not really a lot of songs and I've been trying to absorb those and share them with people and a lot of them, or perhaps not a lot of them, a few of them are quite well known but not very many. Something like Click Go The Shears, say, is a song that's sort of fairly local to where I live 
And in the 1890s, we know that it was first appeared in a newspaper in Bacchus Marsh, and we knew that it was written just near Melton. And so we have a little bit of history of that song. By the time the 1920s came around, wasn't very long since it first came out and was very popular, it had been forgotten where it had come from. And it was only very recently that with the digitisation of newspapers that a researcher in Wollongong was able to find out where, say, Click Go This Year's comes from. And so we now know a lot more about that song that we didn't know before. And that's part of my, perhaps, love of the songs, that there's a lot of mystery about them. And just as time goes on, we uncover more, we learn more, and we're able to express more. Now, yeah, so Keys and Squeeze is my, is my solo act. And starting from that busking point, we uh, found a few uh, kindred spirits who gathered and we created a band called, we called it the Drongo and the Crow, which comes from an old bush, from an old bush song called The Drover's Dream. There's a line in there set that says, the Drongo and the Crow sang us songs of long ago. And we said, well, that's us to a T. And so we took that and we've tried to, uh, yeah, tried to express those songs. We aren't particularly authentic uh, colonial, we don't have particularly authentic colonial attire, but, you know, we wear sort of old-fashioned sort of gear and you know that we're not contemporary. You might think that we're very, 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 very old-fashioned, which is what we're going for. So that's our sort of look. And then we've got our engagement. And I found, well, with, 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 the, with the busking, some of the lessons I learned, we took, I took those lessons, put them to the band, and tried to connect, use those to connect with people as well. Well, Mr. Leon Conway, let's play one of your songs. Like maybe you've had a little bit of a holiday somewhere. Would you like to introduce this one? Oh, well, thank you. This is a, this is a little song from the Riverina of New South Wales. It tells a story about some shearers who left a pastoral station. It's uh, near near Yurana. Uh, the station was called Roto, and their job they they had a huge check in their pockets, and they were going to walk to Sydney and have a huge time. But they didn't quite make it, and uh, the song's sort of fantastic because it sort of name checks all the a lot of places on the way to where they got waylaid. And the place they got waylaid was a sly grog shop called Lazy Harry's. And so I think, Raph, could you please spin Lazy Harry's for us? Now, let's also play some community announcements before listening to Lazy Harry. The National Indigenous News is taking a break over summer programming and 
We'll be back on the 19th of January, 2023. In the meantime, Raphael, the biologist, Caleb, host of The Boldness, is hosting a summer series on arts and creativity. Keep listening to 3CR, 8.55am. The sun is shining, or at least it's attempting to. So get your picnic blankets out and gather your mates and stock up on your summer wine. We're so excited that our summer wine fundraiser is back. This year we're selling delicious wine generously provided by 3CR supporter Jamsheed Wines. Just $20 per bottle or you can snap up even more of a bargain by buying in a dozen or half dozen lots and mixes. Order online 3cr.org.au forward slash shop or call the station on 9419 8377 during business hours. Jamsheed Wines is a 3CR supporter. Oh, we headed out from Roto when the sheds had all cut out. With whips and whips of rhino as we had to put about. And we humped our blue serenely and we head for Sydney town. With the three-foot check between us, I wanted knocking down. We camped at Lazy Harry's on the road to Gundagai. The road to Gundagai, not five miles from Gundagai. We camped at Lazy Harry's on the road to Gundagai. We hit the Murrumbidgee down by Yanko in a week. We passed through Walnarandra and we crossed the Burnett Creek. But we never stopped at Wagga for we didn't in our high. We was off the Lazy Harry's on the road to Gundagai. We was off the Lazy Harry's on the road to Gundagai. The road to Gundagai, not five miles from Gundagai. We was off the Lazy Harry's on the road to Gundagai. Well, we threw our bloomin' swag down and we pushed up to the bar. We called for rum and rock, and a shillin' each cigar. And the girl who poured the poison when she winked at Bill and I. We knew we'd camp at Lazy Harry's on the road to Gun the Guy. We camp at Lazy Harry's on the road to Gun the Guy. The road to Gun the Guy, not five miles from Gun the Guy. We camp at Lazy Harry's on the road to Gun the Guy. Well, I've met a lot of girls, you know, and I've drank a lot of beer. And I've had enough of folks, you know, who has left me feeling queer. But the girls to knock you sideways for beer to make you sigh. You should camp at Lazy Harry's on the road to gun the guy. You should camp at Lazy Harry's on the road to gun the guy. The road to gun the guy, not five miles from gun the guy. You should camp at Lazy Harry's on the road to gun the guy. Well, within a week, the spree was done and the check was all knocked down. We shouldered our Matildas and we turned our backs on town. And the girls stood us a nobbler as they sadly waved goodbye. And we trudged from Lazy Harry's on the road to Gun the Guy. We trudged from Lazy Harry's on the road to Gun the Guy. The road to Gun the Guy, not five miles from Gun the Guy. We trudged from Lazy Harry's on the road to Gun the Guy.
Welcome back to the Bolthus on 3CR, 8.55am. My name is the Barologist and I'm talking with Mr. Leon Conway, busker extraordinaire, multi-talented musician from a number of bands such as Keys and Squeeze, The Drongo and The Crow. Now, your genre of music, it is predominantly very, very country, rural style. Is that reflected on your journey of your love of the country life? I think so. I grew up in the northeast of Victoria in a little town called Wodonga. And my mum and dad were both farm kids and who lived not very far from Wodonga, and they both went to school in Wodonga, and that's where I was born. And so I was able to, well, I absorbed a lot of the the stories and the tales from there. Um, When I was growing up, there were lots of World War II veterans. They were still sort of fairly young, I suppose, at that time, and they would tell stories. There were still diggers from the First World War who were still active because they weren't really that old at that time and the place was just full of stories and stories and mum and dad loved loved music and there'd be records playing all the time so on our on the radio it was very much country music an american style or slim dusty but in the in the dances it was the old bush sort of songs. And so they, that was sort of where I where I absorbed those. As, as you progressed as a musician, Mr. Leon Conway, you've entered a few competitions, such as Geelong Best Busker, Busking Kilmore. Tell us about your experiences up performing a busking competition well that's another sort of level in the psychological challenge perhaps so as I sort of intimated earlier on getting out there and busking the first time was was very hard to get up uh, you know the courage like I was full of stage fright I was okay with a band but by myself, I had um, yeah terrible stage fright. I sort of worked through that, and then yeah, I thought, oh, the next thing is to try and sort of uh, challenge myself to uh, to enter some competitions. And as a as a young fella learning the piano, I'd been in lots of uh, performance competitions. You know, even just you know from ten to. Uh, 18 years old and so the competition itself wasn't sort of so hard but as I was now a lot older it was so much more texture to the uh, to, to, to the problem and my uh, first shot at uh, the Geelong Best Busker was completely nerve-wracking again it was like going back to the start but with persistence 
and with practice and learning the lessons each time, you sort of improve your reaction. And so by improving your reaction, you then improve your performance. And yeah, over a couple of years, um, yeah, we uh, were, were fortunate and got a couple of minor prizes. Yep, and then further on as part of your journey, there's the Kermer Australian National Busking Championships, and that's in the regional areas. What was your experience of going up to Busking Kilmore? Well, I spent three years going to school in Kilmore, so it was a bittersweet, a bittersweet reunion for us. No, it, it, it was grand, and the the, the Rotary Club had, uh, had had organised that very well. Uh, and I think one of the New South Wales Rotary Clubs had uh, started the idea and spread it around to the other clubs as a uh, way of engaging the community. And uh, that was it was fantastic. So people were able to, or the public knew what was happening and they knew they could stand, they knew they could listen and they knew they could... Because sometimes people are perhaps afraid of street musicians and might just sort of walk past without giving things a, a second thought. But by... It's like they uh, pre-prepared the public to to connect. And so full of full of fun and full of love. Yeah, but that's a good way to describe it. I've been up to a number of the busking competitions, partly as a performer, partly to check things out and see what's actually out there, and partly to have part of a working holiday. And as part of your journey, Mr. Leon Conway, as you're based in that I'd like to describe a rural area of Victoria, how, how does this relate to things like the impact of the lockdowns and COVID over 20 and, and 2021? As a performer, did that actually affect what you could do very much? It meant I couldn't go out or nobody could go out and, and really perform in public. But what we were able to do is we have the, we were lucky enough, we got the technology and we could still connect via the internet. And I used a, uh, a program called Jamulus, which is one of, uh, one of many. And so I was able to connect with uh, my friends in Melbourne and Melton, and we were able to sort of practice and spend a lot of time. And it was great for me because connecting with the Melbourne people, I didn't have to spend three hours travelling there. We could just work out a time and away we went. And the technology is, was so good that you wouldn't even know that you weren't in the same room. It was terrific. We uh, and we we we. It wasn't dead time. It was dead performing time. But we were still able to prepare and do lots of work, so that when things opened up, we could charge out 
and uh, with a whole bunch of new material. What about when you're across, let's say, busking at Melton, for example, at the shopping centre there? What's that like? Yeah, well, I do remember when I was starting out and a, uh, a busker gave me some advice. He said, mate, if you want to make some, if you want to make some money, go to the shopping centres. And I thought, oh, that can't be, that can't be right. Now I have to tell you, Raf, that I'm um, generally one hundred percent wrong. With and uh, so I knew that when I said that, I knew that he was probably right, even though I'd said he was wrong. And in in Melton, there's a one of the big um, shopping malls, and they encourage. They encourage buskers. They have a couple of busking zones. And so what happens is that the buskers are sort of perhaps training people or, you know, encouraging them to, to connect. And it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful place. There's places where people can sit. They can, uh, they can listen. And yeah. And so that shopping center, they've, they've put that together. They've made that happen. Well, thank you very much. I've been talking with Mr. Leon Conway. One quick way, how can listeners engage with you on find some of your music? Well, the Drongo and the Crow, we're on uh, Spotify and YouTube and all the streamers. And I'm also in another band called Little Wigtown. And same thing, we're available there. And I also freelance as a playing piano for Kira Janowski. So check out her wonderful stuff on Spotify as well. Well, thank you very much for your time, Mr. Leon Conway. And it's very appropriate. We'll go out with one more of your songs on the Cocos Coast. Thank you very much for your time, Leon Thanks, Raf. It's wonderful to talk to you. Thank you very much. Let's finish with this song, On the Cocos Coast by Mr. Leon Conway. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Raf. We sailed away one summer's day Aboard the good ship Sydney a captain bold with a heart of gold and a crew of the self-same kidney. A crew of the self-same kidney. He called us aft and then said he, a war's declared on Germany and we must keep the oceans free. free. With the guns of the good ship Sydney. With the guns of the good ship Sydney. The Emden raided all around and found a happy hunting ground. She shelled Madras with sixty rounds. Off on the hunt went Sydney. Off on the hunt went Sydney. On a Caucasus coast, on a mischief bent, an Emden raiding party went. But a message from the telegraph said to the crew of the good ship Sydney. To the crew of the good ship Sydney.
And where the sky and sea just meet, we met the pride of the pirate fleet. We fired our guns, his crew to greet. Good day from the good ship Sydney. Good day from the good ship Sydney. Von Mueller cried with a boastful sneer, If that's the Sydney, I've no fear. He gave his word, the decks to clear. And he blazed at the good ship Sydney. And he blazed at the good ship Sydney. Each man of ours was at his post and laughed at the end and captain's boast. We smashed his ship on the Caucasus coast with the guns of the good ship Sydney. With the guns of the good ship Sydney. There's just one other thing to tell. We've got his guns and the Emden's bell. The pirate ship was blown to hell. With the guns of the good ship Sydney. With the guns of the good ship Sydney. Dinosaur Prize Surprise is taking a break over summer programming and will be back on the 19th of January 2023. In the meantime, Raphael, the biologist Caleb, is presenting a summer special on Arts and Creativity. Keep listening to 3CR on 855 AM. Good afternoon and welcome to this special edition of The Boldness on 3CR. It's the Barologist and 3CR's annual Christmas present to everyone. We are talking about everything arts, music, entertainment this year. My name is the Barologist and right now I am talking to Misha Bear. Misha Bear, welcome to 3CR 855 AM. Thanks so much for having me. Well, Misha, tell us about your music craft. What do you do? You play guitar and? I play guitar and sing and I write songs. I perform and release music into the big wide world. Part of releasing music into the big wide world that you've got had the band in Melbourne, you've done solo performances 
And the big thing that really interests people, you have decided to take Mrs. Music to the people and you're doing a tour now, aren't you? Yeah, sort of. It's kind of just like a last-minute whim. I just decided I need to get out of Melbourne and pre-COVID I had like a four- or five-piece band and it was all happening. And since then it's kind of just become me, myself and I, so I've been performing just myself with backing tracks. My family and I just decided that we need a change from Melbourne. It was all really last minute that I just decided to make our road trip moving away from Melbourne into a tour and booked a few gigs along the way and sort of decided where to stop on the road trip, just depending on where we were getting some gigs. Now I'm in Queensland, just going to stay here for a few months and sort of unofficially continue the tour gigs up here and then I'll be heading across to Perth as well before we head overseas. It's like an extended world tour in a way, but I've just done the East Coast in this section of... This is all really, really, really cool stuff. Now, one of the things that Melbourne was the world's most locked down city anywhere, Misha, you put together Misha's songwriting on YouTube. Tell us about it. Yeah, so we were in lockdown for ages and it coincided with me having a baby as well. So I just used that opportunity to learn how to edit and produce my own videos. And so I did all my own video clips. And after that, I was like, okay, how can I make something else creative? Wanted to incorporate writing music. And so I started a series called Songwriting Express. The idea was that I write a new song every week live on camera and then I go away and edit it and release it. The song that I write that week is the title of that episode. Every single week I was writing a new song. In a way it was keeping me accountable and keeping me writing music and getting my video skills up as well. The flow and the evolution of that also led me to exploring my own production skills and using a Ableton push instead of always writing on a guitar. I started to write songs on a different medium, which also was another way that I could just expand my skills and songwriting capabilities and develop my style and keeping me accountable. Misha, where can people find your YouTube channel? My YouTube channel, which is Misha Bear Music. So all my social medias and all my channels are just Misha Bear Music. And that's where all my episodes are. I think I got to something like 45 episodes. Well, that's very, very prolific. How would you like to introduce one of your songs, Amber? Amber is one of the songs on my new album, Superflower, which is the album that I'm touring at the moment. Amber is a song about my baby girl, Amber, and it's just like a love letter, kind of lullaby to her, just basically kind of a little ballad and expressing, you know, my feelings towards my little girl. This is just a, a song that she wants to listen to on repeat all the time a real favourite in our family. We're we're listening to it all the time and she loves it. (laughs) Let's listen to Amber by Misha Bear. 
Listening to Amber by Misha Bear. How would you describe your music overall? What style would you play? It's like pop, contemporary music. It's sort of singer songwritery, but it's been produced in more of an electro pop style. It's a little bit quirky, a little bit left of centre, but at the same time, it just it has its roots in folk singer songwriter because it's just. Generally, me with my acoustic guitar and just singing from the heart and writing the lyrics and writing what's on my mind. What are the types of things that inspire you to write songs? Well, when I'm writing a Songwriting Express episode every week, I really have to dig a little bit deeper. But in terms of just the songs on the album, it's just a, like a snapshot of a moment in time. It's like a story of what was happening in 2020 one of the songs on the album is called 2020. In previous albums, there have been like breakup songs, but in this one, it's more COVID and having a baby, the theme of these albums. But usually your inspiration can just come from anywhere, especially if you've got like a, a regular weekly songwriting practice. It's not always going to be like a breakup or having a baby or a big event every week of just something. 
And so I'll get my inspiration from just walking down the street and looking at someone or listening to someone or hearing overhear someone saying some words and then I just think, okay, that's an idea or, or I just I'll be walking down the beach and just come up with an idea or it's just comes from anywhere. Kind of just have to get your mindset into the state of mind where you'll start to listen and start to search and start to look within yourself. So you could actually say then, Misha, that one of the inspirations for writing songs is Feet. What do you reckon? My song on the album Feet is a bit more of the like darker songs on the album. When I was in the early newborn stages with Amber, I think like every parent can relate that you're really scared of the baby not waking up in the morning and of, of like SIDS and cot death being like a real fear. And you just, there's so many sleepless nights that your mind starts to play tricks on you and starts to take you down all of these dark avenues. With feet, it's uh, thankfully... Amber didn't die of cot death, but it was how real that fear was every night when I'd go to bed, I'd just be freaking out. And I put that into a song. So that's one of the more dramatic, darker ones on the album. If you have a look at my video clip, the scary clown and the zombies does show that kind of more scary nature of the fears that go side by side with having a newborn baby. This sounds some very in-depth music. Let's now listen to Feet by Misha Bear.
shoes. I finally get what y'all going through. This creature means the world to me. Dinosaur Prize Surprise is taking a break over summer programming and will be back on the 19th of January 2023. In the meantime, Raphael, the biologist Caleb, is presenting a summer special on arts and creativity. Keep listening to 3CR on 8 55 a.m. Well, thank you. We've just been listening to Feet by Misha Bear. How long have you been playing music for? I wrote my first song when I was 14. I got my first guitar when I was about 16. First of all, I was on piano, but then I, I started playing guitar. I started my first band when I was about 18, and I sort of took a little break from it when I had some family dramas and, and traumas that I had to go through. When I was in my late 20s, I came back to it and did a diploma of music at TAFE and studied the bass. After that, I played the bass about 10 years or so. And then this was, so that was over in Perth. I lived in Perth for a decade. After that, came back to Melbourne where I'm from and all my family lives and had some family stuff going on. So I came back here and just been playing guitar and singing. I've always fronted my own band but I'd also played in other people's bands and done some cover bands and other stuff as well now it's me doing my own thing and just yeah sort of like every, every, all, all the other people have dropped off it's a weird feeling but I think like COVID's changed a lot of things and having a family and having a baby has also changed my life it's been it's a few a few years now I guess is in answer to your question playing music and writing songs something that I've always, always will do. So it's, um, yeah, it sort of just continued to play a bigger and bigger role in my life and to the point where now I run it as a business and I don't do any other day job or anything. So, yeah, just giving it my best shot to have music as my full-time profession and job and, and make a living from it. Now, we're going to revisit a little bit back in time, Misha Bear. As part of your preparation, there's a diploma in music, the practical experience, developing your craft, writing songs, working with others. Did something like the new Enterprise Initiative Scheme ever come into how to put this together and to take it to the next level? Yes, actually, I did the NICE course in 20, 
2018, I think it was, or it might have been 2019. Yeah, I did the NICE course and that was really handy to focus a whole heap of unofficial kind of ideas and work into a really concise and clear marketing plan and financial plan and just have everything really organized and start it all up as a official business. And I'm really glad that I did that because it kept me going through COVID and the job keeper came along and stuff. So that was really lucky on my part. The NICE course is great and it really gives you the the knowledge that as an artist don't necessarily have, or you don't necessarily know how to organize all your finances and stuff and your marketing and you just you know it's not your highest priority but then when you've got it all organized in a big plan and you just know that that's just part of the job you have to do it then you just kind of get on with it yep look and that's actually pretty good practical advice for people that developing their arts practice is setting aside a portion of the week to do that horrible thing called administration to find yeah. out where they're tracking, what actually needs to be filled out, where to get bookings, are the things they can actually do better. And that actually parts of goes with any parts of any entertainment, no matter what it is. It's a lot easier to work out how you're supposed to get there if a person knows what the destination is to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's so much to learn as well. And even even after the NICE course, it's just continued to be like this massive learning curve. And, for example, I just felt too snowed under with the amount of work that needed to be done. So I did hire a publicist at one point. Um, but I was really lucky that he was the kind of guy that was completely transparent and wanted his clients to learn what he's doing so they could independently do it the next time. So it wasn't just handing over all this work and him doing it. It was more like him teaching me like six weeks out from a launch, you have to get this done, this done, like four weeks out from the launch, get this, get this. And I'm like, and I'm like putting it all together into like a, almost like a procedures manual and a document for myself. So I know for next time, and then when I roll out my next single, I don't need to spend like a couple of grand on a publicist. I know exactly what I'm doing because I've learned it through a professional. So I paid for it once and then that was it. The re- all, the, all the rest of my uh, releases, I launched them myself and I did the publicity myself. Yep, and part of your journey of this East Coast tour, you're now up in Queensland for a few months and going across to Western Australia, then overseas, the big one. Yeah. Okay, let's tease this out a bit. What sort of adventures does Misha Bear have as part of this tour going to overseas? What are the places that you're going to check in at? So the final destination at this stage is London. And we're just going to enjoy summer here because <laughs> I just I couldn't bring myself to go from Melbourne straight to London, especially we just had winter and they're coming into their winter. So I was like, okay, I'll have a summer and just get sort of back to 
back to nature, back to creativity, have some warm weather and unwind a bit. And then, um, yeah, hoping that London will just bring some new opportunities, you know, maybe with some management or a record label, like nothing's sort of signed or sealed, delivered, but there are there is some interest there in my music. So I thought, well, I've got to give it a go and, and nothing will happen if you don't try. So I think I just felt really strongly that Australia and Melbourne in particular is is the place for me anymore and I just want to branch out and try some new stuff, try a new place and see whether my music sort of connects with anyone else and try and see how I go swimming in a bigger pond. Michelle, what is the one piece of advice you would give to any up-and-coming want-to-be performer? Well, the the touring sort of, it's been really hard because, like, with COVID, like, we've been really locked down. <laughs> but I think that, like, touring is, like, brings a lot of inspiration and new people and new energy and and uh, I think that if you can get out and about out of your own suburb or hometown or city, I think it can bring a lot to yourself and to other people and it it can it can get the music out there a lot better than yeah staying at home so i feel like now i'm a bit more inspired to keep traveling keep touring as much as i can with my family on board with me now but i think that if an artist is in a position to move and travel and get on the road i i would recommend that as an experience I was always really daunted by it and I put it off and I put it off and it was just always too hard and there was always reasons not to do it. But then I kind of just did it and then I realised this is like not that hard and it's it's really fun and it's really a great experience and I would, yeah, encourage that, like especially in the wake of COVID, just embrace the fact that we're not locked down and just get out there and bring your music to people and just meet people and just see what others are doing and my my gigs have been like pretty different as well like in one um in one location in Milton in Ulladulla they were like oh well how about you like run an open mic down there like turn your gig into more of an open mic where you can meet other musicians and and you can sort of host like some other people playing and just get other people up there so I just you know, like it doesn't always have to be like that same format, like me standing there singing and just hoping that people will like my music or want to listen to me, but just also involving others and just meeting other people. So that was that was like an interesting experience as well. Thank you very much for your time, Misha Bear. As part of this touring, it really sounds like playground of youth. Why don't we play Playground of Youth, one of your songs? Would you like to introduce it? This is the first song on my new album, Superflower. It's called Playground of Youth and it's really just talking about moving on from being like a single kind of party girl to being a mum and getting through COVID and 
just the transition in life and the big changes. Basically, you know, growing up eventually after all these years and how much fun I've had, but also just how much fun I'm having going into the next stage of my life. Thank you very much for your time. Misha, let's hear Playground of Youth. Keep listening to 3CR 855 AM. Thank you very much. Driving down the avenue of time Same as everybody else here The world is stored in my mind That's why it's so unclear I've done